Wow, I was not expecting that this morning, and for some reason, it just makes me very emotional to know that you're appreciated, but yet, you know, I'm emotional because I want you guys to know how much I appreciate you. Uh, we're, we're working to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God, and we have to work together to do those things, and uh, we are blessed with some of the greatest, most loyal people. And uh, uh, loyalty on a staff is something that is irreplaceable. And, uh, and uh, working as a team is irreplaceable. And uh, so we just have so much to be thankful for. And uh, I'm just really excited about all that. And um, you guys have made me lose my place in my mind this morning about where I want to start with this message because I'm really excited about preaching today. And uh, so I'll have to cut out uh, a point or two, uh, but that's okay. I love when God is God. Amen? Should we just allow God to be God and he'll take care of things wonderfully for us. So if you would, everybody stand with me and hold your Bibles up today. Hallelujah. Just stand with me. If you got it on your iPhone, your iPad, I don't care what you have it. I got this one because I've told you I love the smell of the pages of the Bible, and it just is so amazing. So hold them up. Father, we thank you today for your word, because your word is genuine. Your word is truth. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Your word brings life. Your word sustains us in the midst of a crazy world. Your world brings not just sustaining power, but it enables us to maintain our place in the kingdom of God. So Father, today we come before you and say thank you for being such an amazing God that you gave us your word, for spoken from the very lips of the Father unto his children. And so Father, today we thank you for everything about the life that comes out of the Word of God. And today, Father, as we open our Bibles to delve into those things of our series, we just pray, God, that uh, uh, these words would be more than what we've prepared. These words would be life beyond what we're saying today, Father. And so, Lord, today we, give you, we just give you thanks for how amazing your Word is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is our third installment in, in the, our, our series, Giving Thanks in All Things. Uh, I first talked about on week one, talked about the power of thanksgiving. And, and I'm going to talk about that today. I can't get that off of my mind. There is power in gratitude. There is power in thankfulness. And we talked about how thanksgiving equates into peace. The peace that passes all understanding, the power that comes from that. Um, I was talking to the worship team today in, in, in my office, and you know, this week I was thinking all week long about how society and the craziness of everything that goes on in our days and the things we're inundated with and the, 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 the stuff that's just thrust at us. And there's one place where we can push that stuff out. And I told these guys, it's in the midst of worship. 
It's in the midst of worship that we squeeze out all these things. We say to the enemy, we say, get out of our space. And the more we worship God, the more we kick the enemy to the curb. The more we uh, are, are thankful is the more we create a space for God to be able to come in. Gratitude creates space for God to invade. And ingratitude opens the door for the enemy to come in and control different things in our lives. Turn with me, if you would, quickly uh, to 2 Corinthians. This is just what I was thinking in the midst of worship because gratitude is a part of a warfare and our warfare comes uh, through what God has shown us. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 3, for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh. The Bible says that uh, our weapons uh, of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against spirits and, and spiritual principalities. And so we must understand that thanksgiving and gratitude is a weapon that moves us in uh, to a place to where we can uh, uh, create space in the heavenlies. It helps us to create uh, uh, things that cannot be created for us in space for God in any other way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity of the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience uh, when, your disobe when your obedience is fulfilled. So when we use things like thanksgiving. What we're doing is, is we're creating a space for God to invade. We're creating a warfare zone that it says that thanksgiving creates a buffer around a believer to where the enemy cannot come in and inundate our thoughts. Thanksgiving opens up a place in our hearts and in our minds that creates something beyond our flesh. Because if we only adhered to the things of the flesh, we would find things, uh, it would be very difficult to be thankful for. So in 2019, I'm just wondering, what, what have you been thankful for this year? What have you created space in your life for God to be able to move in? Just... Just This isn't a rhetorical question. This is an actual question. I know that for 28 years I preached rhetorically about questions. But you've noticed in the last year that I've actually asked you to say things in the middle of a service. And so just randomly, what, what's something that happened this year that's created space for God? Phil? Healthy lungs. Healthy lungs. You know what? For all of you who breathe freely all the time, you might not understand what Phil's gone through, but Phil's been in a, a place of great endurance. And so when he says, I'm thankful for healthy lungs, Phil, I am so thankful with you for those healthy lungs. Yes. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, that is something to be extremely thankful for. 
Amen. Not three months, but come back in six months, and they probably never want to see you again. Yes. Amen. I mean, hey, how awesome is that? A five-year period, and now that, that it's like what happened to the other five years because this is a good year. That's so awesome, Connie. Doreen? Retirement. Retirement. <laughs> yes, good for you. Did you create a retirement dance or anything, like spiking the floor? No, okay, I just was curious. So, anyone else? What are you thankful for? Yes. Amen. Amen. You. You can walk and breathe, man. That is such a great thing. Right. I hear you, brother. You, I got you. Yes. Go ahead. That, that, that's it. That, that's not a little thing to you, is it? Right. Well, that sounds like a big thing to me because if it's big to you, that's big. Amen. So yes. He. Wait a minute. Your daughter had five strokes. And now she's working part time. Right. Wow. She, she could not, a year ago, she couldn't lift her head, couldn't talk. And now she's uh, 40 now, three days a week. Man, that's, that's powerful. Amen. That's a, I would be thankful for that as well. One other person. Uh, well, two other people. Go ahead. This church actually does what it says. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Go ahead, David. Um, my promotion at work. Um, I had been offered spots before, um, but it wasn't something that fit my schedule. Yeah. And so I was going to want you to take it, but I was tempted with just the, the promotion and, and the money. Yeah. Amen. So you're thankful for promotion, David. I am so happy for you, man. That is so cool. I'm thankful that you are a Dave Ramsey man, yes. that you practice the principles of the word of God in your life. And wow, you know, you could tell multiple testimonies of, of how God's watched over you in the midst of that. Amen. I think that's awesome. Richard. A God of healing. Amen. For a God of healing. Amen. I'm thankful for a God of endurance. This has been quite a year for me, personally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and challenging, but we have a God who helps us to endure 
in the midst of all things. Amen? So I want to just say this, that, that gratitude is it's a weapon. Thankfulness is a weapon. And so today, or last week, Pastor Caleb talked about stewarding your attitude. And that is so critical when it comes to uh, uh, moving yourself forward. Today, I want to talk about how do we maintain gratitude? How do we keep what God has given us? Turn with me, if you would, to Psalms 100. And I just want to take a look at Psalm 100. It's kind of been a, 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 a launching point for several things that I talked about in this message. But it's, it's a familiar text of Scripture in Psalm 100. And uh, it says this. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Now, when the Bible talks about making a joyful shout right there, it means make a strategic and powerful acknowledgement of who God is in your life. And I believe it's critical for us to do that very thing. That we create, what is your mantra? What is your, I, I was joking with Doreen about her, her, her retirement dance. But what is your declaration statement that you make to God? What does God mean to you? Make a joyful shout means to make a powerful declaration of who God is for you. Why is that important? Because when you're going to maintain an, uh, 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 an attitude of thanksgiving, you need to continually have a, a declaration to the one who creates the opportunity for you to be thankful for. And so create, if you don't have one, your, your touchdown dance. Your, how you're going to spike the ball when God does something great for you. You know, we take such trivial things like touchdowns and baskets and, and different things and we make big deals out of them, but yet we don't choose to make a big deal about God. When God came into my life, I spiked the football in the devil's face, amen? There was something that transformed my life by somebody, only by somebody who could make that transformation. So we need to have a declaration that's always on our lips to be able to declare to the world who we are thankful for. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Why is it important to do that? One of the things that I could say is, is one of the reasons why it's important to remain thankful to God, and this might seem odd to you, but we live in a very affluent nation. We live in a very affluent, uh, uh, affluent situation. You might say, well, pastor, you don't know my situation. It's not as affluent as you think it is. Well, I can guarantee you this. It's more affluent than my friends in Burundi. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that you might not think your situation is very affluent, but it's much more affluent than our friends in Rwanda. I can guarantee you that. So affluency is something that even when you're in the midst of having everything that you need, you can overlook the one who has made it all possible. 
And affluency can sometimes create the aura of entitlement of something that you've been given that you're not happy until you get more of that thing that you think is feeding your happiness. So affluency can be a challenge in our lives to, to, to understand that, that in the midst of our affluency that we can create an ungrateful spirit because we're more concerned about the stuff we have as opposed to the one who made the stuff available, amen? And we need to be thankful to a God who supplies all of our needs. We need to be thankful to a God who makes life happen for us in a, in a way that it doesn't happen in many other nations and situations. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 17. I just want to briefly uh, bring light to what I'm saying in the uh, text of Scripture that we see about the ten lepers being cleansed. Now, the first point of my message is this. If you're going to maintain gratitude, you have to be intentional about it. Yeah. You have to intentionally choose a life of gratitude for gratitude to be your portion. I've got several other points I'm going to make about this, but you have to intentionally choose gratitude. Ten lepers, now it happened in verse 11, as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village there, uh, and it, he was met with ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Uh, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that they went and they were cleansed. Verse 15, And one of them, everyone say one of them. One. This is an interesting scripture. It's, it's very interesting, very telling it's very normal. I know that some of you are sitting here today thinking, whoa, how could just one? But listen, this is the heart of man. This is the human existence. How many times have I said to you, nine great things can happen to somebody, one bad thing happens, and you spend your whole time focusing on the one negative thing as opposed to the other nine things that have gone great in somebody's life. We have a much easier time crying with people and lamenting when life fails for them. But we have a heck of a hard time saying, great job, Gina. I cannot believe you're ministering in another place. Look out, girl, you go. So see, this is the human condition. Why do I mention this? Because if you're going to create a space where the Spirit of God dwells in your life, a safe zone for God to be, you're going to have to intentionally be the one who always comes back and says, thank you, God, no matter what the other nine do. No matter what anyone else says. We live in a society of the nine. Just watch the news. We live in the greatest nation in the world, and you would think that uh, 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 millions of people are, 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 are sad to live here. There, it, we have an 
inside thing in us that makes us want to be touched but not thankful. That makes us want to receive but not give out. See, this is totally counter to the culture of the kingdom. Isn't it interesting? Go show yourselves to the priests. They were all cleansed. And one of them, one of them, when he saw he was healed, he returned and with a loud voice, he glorified God. It, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing up the reality of the word, but you, when is the last time you just went outside and you shouted out to the world to hear that God did something amazing in your life? You shouted so loud that your neighbors ran out of the house and wondered what the heck was going on with you. With a loud voice, they glorified God. And then, not that that wasn't enough craziness, that the one fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him thanks. Oh my God, you're so amazing! Boom! You know, the last time, or, or the, 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 in 1985, the Buckeyes were playing Iowa. I was at my dad's house. And my brother and I were watching the game. We were all watching the game. Chuck Long was the quarterback of, of Iowa. I know you're geeking out over this. Who cares about who Chuck Long was? Who cared about it? They were ranked number one in the nation. The Buckeyes, Amy, you recall, you've read the stats, you know. <laughs> You're not old enough to remember that, but Jack Park has said this, and you heard it one time. The Buckeyes won that game. I went flying out of the front door of my dad's house, jumped over the little railing on his deck, rolled around in the yard, screaming. I don't even know what I was screaming. Because I was so happy that our 19-year-old kids carried a pigskin across the goal line more than their 19-year-old kids did. I got in my car to go back home, and Jesus spoke to me as clear as a day. He said, that's how excited I want you to be for, for me. And I was like, ooh, that's a little touch wacky. People would understand if I was that excited about the Buckeyes, but what would they think if I was that excited about Jesus? And from that day forward, Jesus spoke something into my heart that I realized. What he has manifested in me is the most important thing that has ever came into my life. And a spirit of gratitude just surrounded me from that moment. And I haven't lost it since that day. Why? Because Jesus is amazing. There might have been 10 drug addicts that were saved at my time, but I want to be the one who comes back and said, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, thank you for what you've done for me. Hallelujah. Mm. When's the last time you rolled around your yard for Jesus? I'm just saying. He fell down at his feet and he gave him thanks. He was a Samaritan. We're talking, I, I want to I talk entitlement here, church. Sometimes we show up and we come in those doors because we are his kids. We're entitled to everything he brings us. 
We're entitled to the worship leader making sure it's good for us. And if the worship leader doesn't make it good for us, then we go home talking about how the worship leader didn't make it good for us. If Jared turns out or somebody turns out the lights too early and, you know, I couldn't see. So we're entitled to have lights on in the building because we're believers and we're Jesus's kids. And and you get what I'm saying. Listen, we should be the most thankful people every day we open our eyes we should say thank you jesus for another day to be a blessing for somebody else because of everything that you have blessed us with we have to be intentional you have to choose to be thankful without choosing to be thankful you're going to remain in a place of wanting something more. If you're not thankful for yesterday's manna, the future manna is not going to satisfy you either. In order to maintain gratitude, this is another point that I'm going to make at a later time, you've got to be in the present. You can't be so concerned about what hit you yesterday and you cannot be afraid of what's going to happen in your future you've got to be in the present so jesus answered in verse 17 were there not 10 cleansed but where are the nine were there not any found who returned to give glory to god except this foreigner wow it's kind of like the the, the, the soldier who had great faith, didn't even, wasn't even a part of the kingdom, but knew Jesus had great faith. And he said to him, arise and go your way, because your faith, now, what this, he said to this guy, your faith has made you well. What made this guy's faith different than the other nine? The, the difference was, is he recognized who made it happen. And do you realize what the other nine missed was a personal encounter with Jesus? The guy who came back full of gratitude and thanksgiving had a personal encounter with the king. And, and although Jesus is, is an equal opportunity healer, and, and knowing full good and well that most people never come back and thank him, this is who our Savior is, he does it anyway. Aren't you glad? In spite of you and in spite of me, that Jesus does it anyway. But what happens with a a grateful heart? What happens through a heart of thanksgiving? When you have that heart, Jesus comes and you get a personal audience with him. When you express your gratitude. That's what made this so special with the foreigner. He got a one-on-one with Jesus. Why? Because he recognized the one who made it happen for him. Folks, if you want a one-on-one, the next sub-point is make a list of all the things that you have to be thankful for. As a matter of fact, during my preparation this week, we do it every Thanksgiving that we go around and everyone before they get to dig into anything. And we got some big group of people that does a lot of, uh, of eating. 
And so, but they have to say what they're thankful for. This year, I'm going to make everybody write it down. We're going to make a list. And I'm going to make a copy for every family member who's there. So all year long, they can look at the list of things that we, as a family, have to be grateful for. We're not talking about a one-time thing. We're talking about maintaining a space of gratitude that the enemy has no place in. Do you think the enemy wants to hang around you when you're praising Jesus, lifting up shouts of praise, that you're acknowledging him for everything he's done for you? You're falling down at his feet and you're shouting joyfully unto God? Do you think the enemy wants to be there? Get him out. Thanksgiving is powerful. Gratitude and thankfulness is extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians 4.8. 2 Corinthians 4.8. Now, I want to set this, these two texts of scriptures up with this, this thought. In Acts chapter 15 through, I think it's 1823, is Paul's second missionary journey. Okay, I, I always like to, for you to think that there's a history behind this. When you read the book of Corinthians, you should go back to Acts chapter 18 and see where it all began. Paul spent 18 months there. There was, I mean, a, a grand assignment uh, in the church in Corinth. And he found relationships, he found strength, he found uh, uh, friends, and he found a strategic place for him to rest. If you go to uh, uh, Acts chapter 16, which we will hear in a minute, it's uh, part of that second missionary journey was also the church in Philippi. And so some crazy things happened in the church in Philippi while he was uh, establishing it, some things he almost lost his life over. But when we read from these two books, understand that they came, these letters came out of the work that Paul did on his second missionary journey, establishing these places of faith. Now, Paul is saying this to um, the, the, the people of Corinth in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, when he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of power and the power of God May, uh, be of God and not of us. Let me, let me read that again. I'm just way too excited. We have this treasure. What treasure do we have? The knowledge of who Jesus Christ is that lives inside of this vessel. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of who? Not of us. Aren't you glad that if it depended on you, your strength, your mentality, your, what you did and what you could do, that if it was up to only that, how limited you would be. But it's not of that. It's of God. And so this is what happens because of that. And, and these are the realities once again. Verse 8 says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Look, life just it sometimes is, is more than you can bear. We're hard-pressed. Yet, we're not crushed. And all the pieces that are left from being hard-pressed, Jesus puts your puzzle back together, and because you were pressed, you're better than you were ever would be before because 
He puts you back together. We are perplexed. Oh, Lord, how are we going to do this? But yet we're not in despair. Why? Because we have hope. We're persecuted. We know that, but we are not forsaken. In the midst of our persecution, who is standing right with you? Jesus. Isn't Isn't that good news? We are struck down, beat down sometimes, but guess what? We're not. We're not destroyed. That, that we might get beaten down. Life might give us all we can handle. We might be on the mat. We almost might be pinned, but we can always understand that we're not destroyed because we're always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be what? manifest in where our body all these things that we go through is to bring forth a manifestation of the savior that's within us and this is what the word manifest means it means to make known what has been hidden to reveal or uncover or bring forth in our pressing When everyone comes against us, what comes out of us is what's manifested in us through Jesus, and it describes and displays who he is. So when the enemy does that stupid stuff and he thinks he's got us boxed into a place, he doesn't realize we've created a Jesus space because of our thankfulness. He can press in and try to to bring destruction and despair to our life. But what's manifest in us comes out and other people get to hear about how amazing Jesus is. That's the power of gratitude. Hmm. That is the power of gratitude. Now, gratitude is something you have to intentionally choose. You have to intentionally choose it. Last week, Tammy and I were driving somewhere, and I said to her, uh, I said, wow, baby. I said, I cannot believe it's been 19 years since my father passed away. And I mean... I love my daddy. I mean, he, he just was, uh, he's, he's my dad. I just loved him. I love to have those talks with him. I love to do that. But I cannot choose to be down about my dad's death. Why? Because my dad's in heaven with Jesus. So, you know, there was a time my dad sought here. He had the Mormons in. He had the Jehovah Witnesses in. He had every group because he was in search of. And sometime in the midst of Tammy and I getting saved early in the mid-80s, my dad found Jesus Christ as his personal Savior because he saw us modeling those things, and he knew all those other things were just means to an end. And so, although I miss my dad, I intentionally choose to be thankful for his salvation and that one day I will get to hang out with Harold Lloyd Bennett again one day you know I wish all of you know my son-in-laws and all my grandchildren I wish that they got to meet my dad because they would just love him but one day they will because they're going to be saved too they're going to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior and they're going to bring my dad into uh, their space it's just going to have to wait until we get to heaven 
So this morning I want to just, well, I didn't plan on ending my message with this. This was to be in the middle of my message. But I want to play a video, and I want to set it up for you a minute. The guy that's on this video is the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been through a lot of being second in his life, but yet God bringing him to amazing opportunities. As a matter of fact, uh, the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles got injured and, and at the end of a season, and this guy took Philadelphia through the playoffs and won a Super Bowl with them. But this move to Jacksonville was going to be his first time where he was the man. They paid him the man money, you know, $28, $30 million a year to come in. And on the very first touchdown pass that he threw of this season, some giant mug hit him and fell on him sideways and broke his collarbone in the very first game where he was going to be the man all year long. And so he could have been very discouraged by the way this thing all played out. But his name is Nick Foles, and Nick is an amazing man of God. And they just asked him this week, because he's ready to come back and play, they asked him about this experience, and I want you to hear what he has intentionally chose to do in the midst of this difficult circumstance. Roy, will you hit that for me? How tough was it, though, week after week, not playing? You're a football player. You're watching this young kid go out. This Minshew mania is going crazy. I know you're a man of faith, and I know you're trying, but you're also human. I mean, ever any doubts coming up in your mind as you go through that? No, that's where, you know, right when, this, right when I felt this thing break and I was going into the locker room, I just realized, you know, I just realized, God, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking when I came to Jacksonville. Obviously, you come here and you want to create a culture and impact people. But at the end of the day, as I got it, this is the journey you want me to go on. I'm going to glorify you in every action, um, good or bad. And, you know, I still could have joy in an injury. Um, and that, that's people hear that and say, that's crazy. But it's like when you believe in Jesus and you, you go out there and you play, and that's, that changes your heart. And you only understand it when, you know, that purpose in your life, just like when I hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. The reason I'm smiling is my faith was in Christ in that moment. And I realized I didn't need that trophy to define who I was because it was already in Christ. And that's my message when I play. Same thing happens when I get injured. We tend to make this so much about us as human beings. We tend to make it about us as athletes. It's not about us. It really isn't. And if you make it about yourself, you're probably going to go home at night, lay your head on your pillow, and be very alone and very sad. And then hopefully someday you can find that purpose in your life because my purpose isn't football, it's impacting people. And I, my, my ministry happens to be the locker room. And I've been able still to get to know people, get to know these guys through an injury. Though I might not be playing, that is difficult from a fleshly perspective, but from the spiritual perspective, from my heart, I've been able to grow as a human being to where I feel like I'm at a better situation here as a person than I was before because of the trial I just went under. And I know that's a sermon in itself, but... That's how I go through life, and the good Lord's been there to, you know, it's not always about prosperity. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I believe if you read the Word of God and you understand it, there's trials along the way, but they equip your heart to be who you are. So um, when I step on the field, I'm going against a man in Frank Reich who's very similar. He's a guy that I admire more than anything. He's a guy that has impacted my life so much, and he's going to be on the opposing sideline. So um, that's going to be fun. Hallelujah. How good is that? I mean, that, that epitomizes intentionally choosing gratitude 
and thanksgiving, no matter what your circumstances are. And I guarantee you, when you choose that, that it drives the enemy away. It is a weapon of warfare like no other. So I'm excited to uh, say that next week I'm going to finish this uh, message, and I've got some great points to continue on. But I just want to encourage you, choose gratitude. Choose it today. Choose it every day of your life. Would you stand with me? Father, today I thank you for your word. And I choose, Father, to say thank you, God, for such wonderful servants in this house. I thank you, God, for the many, many servants that you've put into this house. Help us to be a house of gratitude, a house of praise, and a family that chooses to stay together and work together, endure together, as we know you are leading and guiding us. And Father, today we say thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done for each of our lives. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday and be blessed.